is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergeff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us via the telephone from California is Alan Horton. He is the voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves as the Wolves get set for the play-in uh, game tonight in L.A., Allen, and unfortunately, some end-of-season turmoil for the Timberwolves leading into this game. Uh, yeah, there definitely was. Uh, so no no Jade McDaniels, no Rudy Gobert, but uh, hopefully the Wolves will try to play like they did in the second half on Sunday to rally against the Pelicans, kind of come together as a group um, and get the job done because that's what uh, that's what's in front of them and that's, what the, that's who they have available, and so you kind of move on from there. Yeah, unfortunately, no Nas Reed either, who was injured after uh, uh, falling awkwardly after an attempted slam dunk earlier, too. And and I thought initially, well, they could survive that. They've got other bigs, but now they are shorthanded up front a little bit. Yeah, so you got no Nas, you got no Jaden, no Rudy. That's, um, you know, that's two of your starters. That's three of your top eight players, probably, um, depending on where you want to slot Nas. I, I think I would put Torian Prince a little bit ahead of, uh, of Nas because as far as importance goes off the bench. Uh, Kyle Anderson there as well. So without three of your top eight players and going up against the uh, the hottest team in the NBA, they finished the regular season with nine of their last 11 games. That's best record. They've got Anthony Davis playing like an absolute monster right now. Mm-hmm. And they've got LeBron James and D'Angelo Russell healthy. So um, they, they have been playing really good basketball. And the Wolves saw that firsthand just a couple of weeks ago at Target Center when they put uh, – They put the clamps down on the Wolves' offense in the second half and really uh, rode Anthony Davis. The big man just kind of carried them uh, to victory. So it's, it's really, you know, it's an uphill battle when you look at a lot of different of the factors heading into tonight's game. D'Angelo Russell and uh, Jared Vanderbilt in the Lakers uh, starting five. Uh, you know, it's not that long ago that uh, they were receiving passes from uh, D'Lo. So how is it when guys have such uh, fresh recollections of their former team, they face them in a big game like this? Do they, it would seem to me they'd get a little pumped up for it. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's extra, probably a little bit of extra motivation um, for guys like D'Lo, for Jared Vanderbilt, for Malik Beasley. But it, it does feel like well, we went through so many of these meetings throughout the course of the season, maybe not necessarily with D'Lo because he was traded at the deadline. Uh, and then I don't know that uh, maybe, D, would, maybe we faced D'Lo once. I don't even know. I haven't even looked that up yet if D'Lo played in the last game. Um, I feel like, I feel like he did. That's right. Cause he got an ovation at, at target center and some booze. And, uh, but from Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, this, this, this is like the fifth time we've played them, whether it was in jazz or with the Lakers. And so, um, you know, and those guys can certainly are capable of having really solid nights, especially Malik Beasley, if he gets hot from deep, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the, those three guys play against their former team. Yeah, Beasley, too. I forgot about him also being a, a member of uh, the squad. And, you know, when Anthony Davis is healthy, he might be a top five player, or at least he was for a while. So you pair him with LeBron James. I can see why they thought that was championship in the making. It's just that he isn't healthy all that often. Yeah, I mean, they pulled that off, uh, what, three years ago now when they won the title. They put those guys together in the 1920 season in that bubble campaign. Um, and, and they just haven't been able to stay healthy since. Davis has put on a ton of weight. Um, he's tried to bulk himself up for some reason. And, and over the last couple of years, that's really, I think, set him back because he's had these little nagging injuries. Um, he hasn't like quite, quite looked like that dominant top five player um, that we've seen in years past. But this year, since he's come back, he's played in 31 of the last 34 games for the Lakers. 
And the Lakers have a tremendous record, not only in their last 11 games, but they're second best in the league since about early February. They've gone 18 and eight. And a big reason why is that Anthony Davis is playing spectacular basketball. He's averaging 25 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks, um, gets to the free throw line about eight times a game, shooting uh, close to 55%. Those type of numbers are, are big time numbers that can carry a team. And that's, that's what's happened, and that's what happened in, in that last meeting against the Lakers. That Remember, Anthony Davis kind of went down. It looked like he tweaked his ankle uh, in mm-hmm. the paint, and, and, and play kind of continued, and the Wolves were kind of flummoxed by that, and, and L.A. ended up getting a, a 5-0 run somehow during the time that Davis was down on the floor, and you thought, I, I think the Wolves even thought that, oh, there goes A.D. He's, he's down again. He's going to be out of, this, out of this game, but he came back bigger and better than ever, never missed any time out of the timeout, came right back in and just dominated the rest of the game. And so, um, you know, he's, he's a force to reckon with, and you don't have a lot of size uh, to defend him. You're going to have to throw the kitchen sink at, at, at him, and you can't rely on just Towns to guard him for 30-plus minutes tonight because Carl's very prone to picking up fouls. He averages picking up 3.9 per game. He's been in foul difficulty um, a couple of times, numerous times since he came back from the injury. He's played well. Uh, but they, they can't just rely on him. And I it'll be interesting to see it shoot around today what kind of uh, – what kind of you know just sort of philosophy the coaching staff has? Do they do they involve Nate Knight in this? Um, you know, is he is he going to have to give you some backup minutes? Do you try to work some minutes with just you know maybe him playing a couple of minutes at the end of a quarter to spell some people? But um, it's going to be really interesting the matchups tonight. Boy, that's for sure. And then you throw in LeBron, and there hasn't been matchups for him for 18 years now. So I don't know that uh, anybody has a good matchup against LeBron, and that just gives him that two-headed monster that's difficult to deal with. Yeah, it's, uh, and you've lost a defender in Jaden McDaniels who had defended mm-hmm. LeBron James pretty well during the regular season in two matchups, held him to 5 of 16 shooting, which is which are pretty good numbers against uh, an all-time great like LeBron. So now you're down your best defender, you're, ba- you're down your best uh, rim protector. So it, uh, it really it, it, the team really has to come together like they did in the second half on Sunday afternoon. They just, you know, they might be mismatched in certain places. They might not have the size, the speed, the height, whatever. Uh, but you fight and you come together and play as one and you can do things like the Wolves did in those final 24 minutes. It was it was really impressive to see. You mentioned Nathan Knight. It would seem to me as though he'd have to get some minutes uh, in there for the reason that you uh, chronicled the foul troubles potentially for Towns if he has to guard Davis uh, all night long. Who else might see some playing time that we don't normally see in that top eight-man rotation? Well, you don't have your two-way players available in the postseason. So Luca Garza is not an option, and uh, neither is Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan hasn't played in a very long time. but um, So those are even two more bodies you don't have available, and, and you don't really have anyone with size behind uh, Nate Knight. So, um, yeah, if yeah, I think it would be interesting to see what the game plan is. If Towns does not get into foul difficulty, can you, can you maybe get some spot couple of minutes from, from Nate Knight Obviously, if Towns becomes in more foul trouble, then Nate has to take on a bigger role, you would have to assume. Uh, but most of the backup that the Wolves have is of the smaller variety. It's, you know, it's, it's Jalen Noel, it's Austin Rivers, um, Jordan McLaughlin, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, and then you've got your rookies in Wendell Moore Jr. and Josh Minot. That, that, that might be an avenue that um, Chris Finch looks towards to get some, to get some minutes for some of those guys. Because, you know, it's one thing to go through a second half uh, without three of your top eight players, and the Wolves did that the other day. I don't know if you can go the full 48 minutes um, kind of doubling that strategy. You, you, you might have to steal some minutes from some guys at some point. 
Wolves uh, uh, underdogs tonight against the Lakers. A lot of teams would be in in this situation. Uh, the good news is that uh, if they are defeated uh, tonight, they've got another play-in game. They're not eliminated uh, tonight. Again, update us on, on how the whole play-in uh, tournament works. Well, if they win, they're the number seven seed in the West, and they'll face the Memphis Grizzlies starting this weekend. They're mm-hmm. the number two seed. And if you lose the seven eight seed, you're right. You you get to go home on Friday and host the winner of the nine ten, which is Oklahoma City and New Orleans. So you could very well see a rematch against the Pelicans, which we just saw. Well, by Friday night, that'll be five nights ago. So it's going to be, um, you know, either way, either way, you've got uh, some intriguing games coming up, and that's. Um, you know, you, you certainly want it. I think the Wolves learned last year that winning that seven eight seed right away and moving on to the postseason it gave them it gave them the rest they needed to gear up for that Memphis series. Because remember, they went to Memphis and they spanked the Grizzlies in that first game. They just dominated, mm-hmm. um, and then the series kind of turned after that. But still, you you don't want to get to that nine ten game because then you're playing on a late Friday night. That's going to be like a nine o'clock start time. And guess what? You're playing mid afternoon on Sunday. Uh, against if you win that one against the Denver Nuggets, and so you got a really quick turnaround. It really puts you behind the eight ball. Um, so you, you have to throw everything and try to win this game. And then if you don't, well, then you can regroup and attack Friday. the The matchup is better too against the Grizzlies than against the Nuggets, isn't it? Uh, I guess. Uh, let's see. Two. They win there the seventh. Memphis. Yep. I mean, the Wolves are two and two against Memphis this year. I think they're okay. I think they're two and two against Denver as well. Okay. Um, so you know, the Wolves gave Memphis a great fight in the postseason last year. Denver just scares me because you've got the you got the MVP in Jokic. He's just um, and what the Nuggets did to the Wolves last time they faced was run them off the floor. They put up uh, I think that was a forty something forty five point first quarter something like that. Uh, that was the final game that actually D'Angelo Russell played. Mm. Uh, so maybe that wasn't indicative of who this team is now, but um, Denver's got firepower. They've got a ton of firepower. And that's, uh, that's uh, both those, I mean, both those teams are playing well and they're number one and two for a reason. And so the Wolves are going to be underdogs in both those series. I don't know if there's a clear cut, um, you know, clear cut advantage to, to facing one or the other. Yeah, so you don't really see a, a matchup advantage necessarily. Uh, uh, Steven Adams missing from Memphis, though, that hurts them a little bit. It does, but if that's if that's who the Wolves face, Steven Adams has been non-playable against the Wolves. I mean, he, they, that almost cost them the series last year is that they kept playing Steven Adams, and he's a, you know, in a particular matchup against the Timberwolves, it was just awful. His, oh. I mean, when, they, when they put him on the floor, they were a huge, huge minus, and that nearly cost them the series. So as big as, a, you know, he's, he's a he's – a, Big guy. He plays that center spot. He's a great fit for them. But in certain matchups, um, you know, he becomes unplayable. And he was unplayable against the Wolves last year. So uh, it would be nice to win that game against the Lakers tonight. And uh, Rudy Gobert winds up getting a suspension. Have you ever seen it before where two players, you know, were physical in a uh, an aggressive way with one another that were that were teammates during the course of a game. I mean, everybody's calling me he threw a punch, but he didn't try and hit him in the face or anything. I thought it was more no. like just a hard push in the chest uh, than, a, than a punch being thrown necessarily. Yeah, it's kind of in between the two, right? Like, yeah. it, it was definitely a wind-up and a punch, but he, there was no effort made to try to hit Kyle in the face. No. Um, it was meant to be in the shoulder or the mm-hmm. upper chest. Uh, but still, that's, um, that's, pretty, that's pretty rare in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking back, I think it was earlier this year, that uh, Jimmy Butler got into it uh, with the Miami Heat with Udonis Haslam on the sideline, had to be separated and had to, Eric Spolster was 
pretty upset, visibly upset with him. Uh, but that situation kind of, uh, they, you know, they gave no oxygen to that story. They kind of tightened, tightened things up, um, handled things with, you know, inside, internally, and then they moved on from it. And um, it'll be interesting to see if the Wolves can do the same thing because you, you quickly heard that there was, you know, there were leaks that the, that, that the, that the altercation got heated again in the locker room at halftime. And that Kyle said some things in the hallway out of the locker room. Those kind of things can't, can't be leaked out. That's, that's troubling that, that, that all that stuff got out. Um, and it just seemed like that story kind of built as the night went on, which was a little bit frustrating to see because you want to keep that stuff in, internal. And, yeah. um, you know, we know the tempers run high. We know that these kind of things happen, maybe not to the degree of a punch, but, um, you know, it's it's an, and it comes at an awful time of the year where you know you've every game matters now more than ever, and the Bulls have been playing big games for weeks now. But uh, the next one is always the biggest one, and now you're without you're now you're without Rudy Gobert, and um, you know it'd be interesting to see how the Wolves respond. And and all of the you know the discipline came down on Gobert and and uh, the blame for that and you know uh, it 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 sounds like it was on him but I'm also reading that you know Kyle Anderson is a guy who can be uh, you know very talkative and in your face in in a leadership type of way too and apparently it just got under Rudy's skin a little too much. Yeah, it's um, you know we don't know exactly what was said. A lot of yeah. lip readers out there and uh, yeah, Kyle said some things and Rudy took exception to it, but. You know, you can kind of tell by the reaction of the bench, and I watched Torian Prince a lot on that replay, and how he quickly jumped up and shoved Rudy back. It wasn't, it wasn't a separating of the two. It was jumping in to, to, you know, kind of back Kyle. It seemed like in that situation, that's what it appeared to be like, um, to shove him out of the way. And so, you know, Rudy must have said some things too, and yeah. uh, it's just an unfortunate time for that to come to its head. It's. It's obvious that that's not something that just developed during this game. That's obviously been something that's been brewing um, either between those guys or within the team. Um, and it's, uh, you know, just unfortunate to see that sh- come through and be the story. It seems to me like, I mean, this is the biggest game of the year for him, and, and they suspend him for a game. So it either was really egregious what went on and more than what, you know, I saw on television, uh, or it's a big picture type of a suspension, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they don't want this to go on and linger into next year or anything like that because obviously Gobert is part of their plans. I assume that Anderson is as well. It feels like more of a, a big picture suspension to me. Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to set the tone. You have to hold guys accountable, and if that means sitting in a really big play-in game like tonight is, uh, then you do it. It's it's you know it's the long-term gain over the short-term um, short-term loss. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right on both those counts. It must have been pretty egregious for the Wolves to suspend him in such a big game, mm-hmm. him being such a big part of their of their uh, of their game plan, of such a big part of this team, and and they wanted to you know put that line down. Hey, you cross that line and we have to hold you accountable. And so uh, it is what it is. And if the Wolves can, uh, well, whether, whether they win or lose tonight, they, they will move on and they will have Rudy Gobert back either Sunday or on Friday night. Cat has looked really good in games since coming back. He's had a couple of off nights as well. Maybe didn't get quite aggressive enough offensively or what have you uh, a time or two, but, but he's come back and, and seems to have blended in pretty nicely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really is quite amaz- amazing. It speaks to his talent level that he can just miss 52 games and come back and, you know, have a, a couple of game-winning free throws in the first game back, second game back, hit a game-winning couple of clutch threes in the last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter, including the game winner. 
Um, you know, there, there, there are going to be some peaks and valleys. You know, there always are for players who are out that long. And that was one of my concerns. You kind of ride the adrenaline those first couple of games and then maybe, um, and, and then maybe that adrenaline wears off and all of a sudden you're just, you're, you know, because you haven't played in, you know, 52 games, um, you know, it's, it's not easy just to jump back into this NBA game, but he makes it look seamless. Um, he had a big game against New Orleans the other night. His three-point shooting was just, boy, in a tight game, when you can knock down some threes and you can you kind of rely on the fact that Cat's going to get you three, four, or five made threes, maybe even more on a good night. Um, it's just, it's such a boost. I mean, that, you know, when you're, New Orleans had the number two defense in the NBA since the All-Star break, and they were locked down in the first half. And the Wolves, you know, when you get a three, boy, it's just huge. When Jordan McLaughlin can hit just one three, and if you possibly get two from him, if you get two or three from TP, Nikhil, if he can knock down one or two, man, those start to add up. Those points really help. And Cat uh, kind of leads the way in that category. Prince and Anderson in the starting lineup, I assume, for McDaniels and Gobert tonight? Yeah, probably the second, the same way they started the second half. And what's interesting about that lineup, Todd, is that they hadn't played a single minute together all season. Oh, um, Now, obviously, Conley coming over from the trade deadline, but still, that's 20-plus that's games. Uh, they hadn't played a single minute until the second half when they all started together. They played 12 minutes against New Orleans in that second half and, and were a plus eight, uh, really came together as a group. And I would expect uh, there aren't a whole lot of options to, uh, to kind of mix with the starting lineup. So I assume that's what the, the, what the starting five will be tonight. Uh, and then tonight, and then hopefully uh, not on Friday night, uh, the series begins on Sunday, uh, then this weekend if the Timberwolves uh, can advance with a win here tonight. What do you what do you want to see in the opening few minutes from the Timberwolves tonight, Alan, that tells you that they're locked in and ready to play? Yeah, I think just matching uh, matching what the, the energy in the building will be, matching the Lakers' energy to start that game, and not, um, and not falling behind. Um, the Wolves' recipe to success all season long is to, been, uh, to really start first quarter strong. Uh, they've been the number two scoring team in the first quarters. They've had a really good top 10 net rating all year in first quarters. In fact, the first quarter has, has been their highest scoring quarter in franchise history this year, 30.4 points a game. Um, that's the most they've ever scored in a quarter in their franchise's history. Wow. Um, and so it's the first quarters have been good. And so I think it's a telling stat when, um, when they get off to a good start and they ride that lead, you play with the lead, you're playing downhill. It gives you a little margin for error. That's exactly where you want to be. Uh, we'll be tuned in tonight to Allen, hopefully not on Friday, but if we do have a game Friday, we'll be in there as well as hopefully on uh, Sunday. Thanks so much again for joining us. You got it, Todd. Take care. Allen Horton, voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.